Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. I'm your host. Uh, we are a podcast dedicated to founders, entrepreneurs, startups, accelerators, incubators, innovators, and also, of course, the venture capitalists, angels, invest investment firms, and family offices who serve them. Um, I am uh, uh, happy to be part of a podcast that is on all the major platforms. Uh, you can find The Accelerator um, on all the major uh, um, podcast platforms like Audible and Apple and Amazon um, and many others, and also on YouTube. So um, make sure to rate, uh, rank, and uh, subscribe to us and uh, leave a note and tell us how much you like it or the parts you don't like. We want good, honest feedback. Today, I'm really excited to um, welcome to the podcast, to the Accelerator, Kofi Mensah. He is the CEO of Sagos distro a um music management platform welcome uh kofi how are you i'm doing good michael nice to be here um, i'm glad you invited me on your podcast yeah yeah no it's uh, very excited to have you now um you look like that's new york city in the background yes Is yes that right? yes um i'm in uh, near the gramercy area right now but you're not from new york city so tell us about where you're from Awesome. So once again, my name is Kofi, founder of Sagos Distro. I'm originally from Ghana. I moved to New York about seven years ago. Uh, next month is actually my seventh year anniversary. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so my background is primarily in uh, music management. I started an independent record label um, after college whilst I was still working for an accountant auditing firm. Um, I hated accounting, but it, I, I just had to do it for the family. But the second year running, we were able to expand our record label operations um, across uh, different parts of Africa and Europe as well, uh, primarily the UK and in Holland, and uh, did a lot of work in the West Coast of the USA as well. So that really brought me a little bit of sweet uh, spot for the entrepreneurship, and I had a little taste of it. Based on that experience, I worked for a few other tech companies in the past that got me interested in launching my own technology um, company in the future. So bringing me forward towards now, launching Sagos Distro um, by the beginning of last year and uh, expanding our operations in the USA, um, Africa, and uh, Asia as well. So I should point out that you, um, uh, I have mentored you at Startup BC in New York, um, which has really been a lot of fun uh, for me, at least, I hope for you. Uh, <laughs> but um, um, I'm really impressed with what you've done, and, and we'll get into that in a minute. But you were an accountant. Um, you started your own record label. What kind of music got you, ex got you excited enough to put on a record? It was primarily uh, hip-hop and uh, R&B with a version of pop and reggae music. So um, we would start listening to a lot of artists, it's primarily from the USA and the Caribbean, as well as other artists from Africa uh, since we were kids. Um, we, I, I always loved to watch MTV after school. So, so, so when I go back to school, I, I tell my friends the freshest song that I heard the day before. So um, it was primarily hip hop and pop music that got me interested in music in the first place and uh, wanting to learn about the record business. Okay, so you you had this instinct to start the company. What made you go into music management? 
Um, I kind of uh, fell into it because of my background uh, as an account and business manager. Most of my artist friends, whenever we would go for shows, would insist that I take on the management role. So I kind of fell into it, and I, I would be doing the budgets and um, handling the PR people and getting the event, venue locations, uh, timelines right. Then I started doing contracts, and after contract, after contract, and I started really enjoying it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick to management full-time. And um, um, that really got me towards an entrepreneurship path that I really uh, appreciate uh, even today. Now, now, when you started your management company, it sounded like you didn't necessarily begin thinking you were going to be a manager, but you started to just help these artists. Is that is that a good way to put it? Yes, I um, you know started off just like helping them out, um, even though I um, had a general interest of being a business in the, in the future. Um, I didn't really know a clear path towards achieving that, you know. So once I started helping um, different kind of artists out and I started learning on the job and I realized, hey, I can really do this based on the early on success that we got. We got a big endorsement deal that enabled us to do some tours around uh, um, Europe and uh, West Coast of the USA as well as Africa. So that brought you over here. So um, how many acts... Um did you manage as a manager um, and where were they based? Where were those acts? So we started with two and it grew to 15 and they were primarily based wow. out of uh, uh, in Africa and London, majority of them. And we had a 30% who were in, the, in, the, in California. So the 70% were in Africa and London and a 30% were in California. And what did you try to do for those artists as a manager? Obviously you want people to go see them, buy their music. What, what, what does a music manager do? So um, when, when we started, I was actually speaking with one of my friends at a different um, management company. We started off and I was doing everything from because then they have the road managers and have the business managers. I started doing everything from a business management aspect, then a road management aspect. That means I was liaison mm -hmm. and booking shows with the booking agents, um, sometimes booking shows myself. I was liaising with DJs and the PR people. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, I would take care of the whole artist's career. You know, I would sometimes have to be in the studio with the artist and go through all the songs on the album, give my recommendation as to which song will make the album, which songs will not make the album. In uh, planning the rollout and release together with uh, PR companies and meeting with different DJs at different times of the night. So in the beginning, I really had to learn every aspect of the business uh, because the managers, uh, let's just say if a manager worked for a big company, they would do just the road management aspect of it or they would do just the business management aspect of it. They wouldn't be doing anything related to booking agents or or even the PR campaigns as, as they speak. So I learned every aspect of the industry out of necessity. And that really gave me a well-rounded background and uh, helped me towards you know, achieving a lot of uh, great success with different artists. How long did you do that? Oh, so basically that uh, started off, it was over a decade experience um, um, in that realm. So um, yeah, it was um, quite a while. But we had a lot of freedom still to 
you know, um, because I, I was my own boss, so there was a lot of freedom to actually um, delve into other endeavors at the same time. Whilst I was, I was managing those acts, uh, we would have a peak season where we'll be very busy, and then uh, we will have an off season sort of where we were not touring, where we could actually um, engage in different aspects. That's where I learned how to um, partake in uh, different startups, fintech field and learn a lot from the colleagues on that aspect too. So we worked for a few um, telecom companies on contract, was primarily based on events and music, then started doing team management for them as well. And then, um, so telecom companies and a few other FinTech companies as well. So when you said uh, this, so you're sort of managing in a very broad sense, um, but you're in an industry, music, where managers really don't have a great reputation in general, do they? That is very true. I I was watching a documentary from a, a rock band in the 70s and they were having a fights with over seven managers before they came. So right. um, like every industry. And also all kinds of, you know, all kinds of, you know, famous lawsuits of uh, yeah. Van Morrison, Billy Joel, yeah. um, just, just, Endless lawsuits with managers. Um, that is so true. Typically, tip, historically, I'm certainly not putting you in this category, but historically, um, managers can get to an artist very early. And at that point, artists are willing to kind of sign whatever's put in front of them, typically, not necessarily having proper representation. Right. Um, and so bad things can happen under those circumstances. How did, how did you... How did you try to avoid that? Well, uh, what I realized the most is working with artists, all artists are skeptical, like you said, um, with managers and there are bad players in every industry. And especially in this industry, there are a lot of bad players. So I, I work based on trust and you know, I build trust with the artists. I let the artists um, see me, see the team I work with. And then I will go through a whole, you know, through the five-year plan before we even sign any paper, um, you know. So I don't shove documents in your face, like, you know, um, uh, artists know that now when a manager is trying to shove documents in your face, probably it might not be the best one for you. Uh, good managers yeah. will not force you to sign any documents. Uh, there's going to be first meeting, second meeting, wrap-up meeting, and going through through the five-year plans, and for the artist to write down, I tell artists, write down a bunch of questions mm -hmm. for our next meeting before we go through any paperwork. You know, so uh -huh. the artists are being educated at the same time before they even uh, join um, our, our organization, basically. And that's how we like to yeah. operate. And um, so let's, let's um, turn to um, Sagos Distro, which is your startup, um, and which is... Um, I'm going to let you describe it because it's a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting place. Absolutely. So, what, how would, you, how would and, and the Sago decide um, is short for solid as gold, or as we might say in the U.S., solid gold. Yes. Um, but tell me, tell me, um, tell me why you decided to do a company, and then what it, how your thoughts and values are reflected in Sagos. Well, it, 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 the company came as a necessity because we wanted an all-in-one platform that would help us to um, not just distribute, but actually monetize um, all the catalog that we've had over the years 
on both Web 2 and Web 3. You know, so we were looking at, we used almost every um, distribution platform out there. Um, some of us have been our friends uh, for the, over the past decade. And we saw a few limitations when, when it came to the marketplace. So we wanted to launch uh, music and video because it's uh, content, audio and video distribution. Uh, the marketplace is primarily um, based off either just audio alone or just video alone distribution. So we did a music and video distribution, uh, focused on advanced funding for artists and, and also being able to have an NFT launchpad marketplace that's going to provide a separate revenue stream for the artists. So imagine um, artists either from you know, today's young age or artists from the 70s can still be monetizing their catalog, not just on the traditional streaming and uh, licensing platforms that we have, but the new age uh, Web3 technologies that could provide a separate stream of income for any catalog holder, um, uh, being new or old, you know, so there's no limitations on there. So we plan to have that unilateral uh, vertical integration between Web2 and Web3 on web platforms that can provide high level uh, monetization for artists and managers, independent labels as well. So the idea is to, to get, get um, catalogs, right? Um, get songs on the platform. And then just so people understand this, the, the distribution part is um, artists, uh, particularly musicians, can make a lot of money or a little money if their songs are used in movies, television, uh, documentaries, uh, commercials. There's a there's a myriad of ways their music can be used, yep. right? Yep. And same goes for video. Yep. Um, so what you're doing is on one platform, you're putting music and video and Web 2 and Web 3. Web 3, I want to get to in a, in a minute, but I want to focus sort of on the traditional way this works. So how many songs do you have on your platform as of right now early 2023 as of right now we have over 19,000 songs on the platform we mm -hmm. just um, started doing onboarding an additional 650,000 catalog that we're going to uh, onboard so as of now is uh, 19,000 uh, um, catalogs on there represent different production companies and artists in the US Africa and uh, Asia as well and who, who is providing the 600,000 additional? Because now we're talking about, you know, 620,000. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, who, who is providing the additional 600,000? So this will primarily be um, split between management companies in Africa and um, a few production uh, companies in Korea and India. So they have a catalog um, from way back, which includes not just music and videos, but also animation. Um, um, so one of the companies is uh, comparable to Disney. So they have a huge catalog of not only animation, but also animation music uh, albums as well, which has not been distributed yet. So now we're gonna, we have a new agreement with them that we're gonna be able to digitally um, launch um, all of the uh, catalogs dating back over 10 years. And are, where, where is that animation company? They are based in California, but HQ is in India. India. Okay, so let's take that as an example. You get um, a song in your catalog. Um, um, uh, let's say that a uh, film production company in India, for example, wants to use it. Um, they 
get the license to do that through your platform, Sagos, mm -hmm. yes. right? And then you split the money with the artist, right? Essentially, right? So how does that split play out? What is the split typically? So the split ranges between 50-50 to 70-30 based on the catalog holder. You know, so usually it's a 50-50 split, but we have situations whereby it's a um, 70-30 um, um, split. That means the catalog holder takes 70 and uh, we take uh, 30. So why would a, why would um, a catalog go with, and by the way, are these deals exclusive or non-exclusive? So we have both exclusive and non-exclusive deals. Most of the old catalog are non-exclusive, but um, some of them, we are still launching new catalogs as well. So the new catalogs that we are launching together uh, will be uh, uh, exclusives, but the old ones are non-exclusives. So why would, a, why would a company like that go with Sagos, you know, you're, you're, you're very new, you're, you're, um, I don't want to say unproven, but certainly new to the marketplace. So why would they go with you? And what's the competition look like? Well, this is the main reason why many of uh, these production companies and managers will go with us because primarily once they are launching any product, they are stuck with dealing with different companies to be able to monetize the content. So um, let's just say one of the companies that we're talking about, they have the audio, they have the video, and they have skits, which is separate from the audio and the video. And no one company is out there to say, hey, this is how we're going to monetize the audio, this is how we're going to monetize the video, and this is how we're going to monetize the skits at the same time, right? So there's really a lack of uh, direction and a full-service um, solutionary company for uh, even big companies to monetize your content. So imagine a younger, smaller artist will have uh, no idea, no chance as to what to do when it comes to even Web 2 monetization. And we're not even going into Web 3 monetization just yet, right? <laughs> so it's very yeah. tedious for, for um, industry practitioners to be able to monetize on one platform. They always got to have multiple logins and different companies to deal with. So let's talk about Web3. So um, when you say Web3, I assume you're referring to NFTs, blockchain, smart contracts, um, tokenization, and so on. Tokenization. So what are you providing? What services are you providing uh, on your platform for Web3? So regards to Web3, it allows the artist or production company to upload the audio and the artwork and then uh, mint uh, it into NFT and attach our token to it. What that helps uh, that artist or production company does is to be able to grow the community. Like I said, an artist have a community on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok. That same community can now be sort of like the business partners. Every NFT that they mint or they drop either for free or for a token will appreciate in value based on the community engagement, right? So any artist that has a TikTok fan base and really just uh, uh, it being a free platform uh, for the artist to showcase the music, now can showcase that same content on an NFT platform and tokenize that content and actually generate more revenue than they would do on TikTok. So it actually provides an 80% revenue increase for artists if they're able to monetize that same music that they have on Web2 on the NFT marketplace that we have. Now, has that 
is that happening? Has that begun? Yes. Um, so we started um, launching some of the um, um, old content on there as well. We're doing one-off drafts to see the response. And the response is primarily a cross-chain and uh, using different uh, protocols that exist in the marketplace right now. So um, the blockchain infrastructure provides a minimum of over 150 million wallets that can be tapped into, right? So imagine minimum of 150 million wallets sitting there for you to, you know, really uh, capitalize on and come up with a strategy and a game plan to monetize those wallets. So it's, it's a huge How opportunity. many wallets? So How many wallets? blockchain technology um, across chain is minimum 150 million wallets, minimum. World, world, worldwide. Yep. Worldwide. Okay, so that's the potential, yep. right? That's the potential, is to get um, um, people to buy these, um, you know, video or audio or art or or whatever the media mm -hmm. is, and get put it in their wallet, mm -hmm. um, and um, thereby thereby giving you as Sagos as the distributor a way to monetize this. exactly. And any fan base that gets that uh, uh, token into their wallet will be able to exchange that token either for utility shows, events, or use it as an exchange with other fans or use it as a storage value for money. Okay. So uh, I think I, I feel like we should avoid crypto um, <laughs> in the conversation. Uh, I mean, maybe not, but... Um, I, I want to point out just something I saw recently, right. uh, a video of Warren Buffett, the famous uh, uh, investor, right. uh, the the sage of Omaha, I think they call him. Yeah. But um, but um, he's in his 90s, right? He's 91. He's, you know, the top five richest person in the world. Right. So he should be listened to, right? So here's what he said. He said, crypto is nonsense. Right. Uh, it's entirely based on somebody, the next person coming along, willing to pay more than you right. paid. That's it. it doesn't represent anything. It's not tied to anything the way that, you know, the dollar is tied to gold, I guess, on some level. Right. Uh, but he said blockchain is important. Now, I think this is really worth, worth everyone out there remembering that Warren Buffett, who is so negative on crypto, says blockchain is important. Why do you think blockchain is important? Well... We have to understand this, that um, we live in a centralized world for a long time. And the opportunity that has presented itself with blockchain to have a decentralized, you know, autonomous um, organizations that really anybody could be from Armenia or Malawi or Lesotho, anywhere in the world, and will come from the most deplorable conditions with a poor economy and a uh, uh, destabilized currency, blockchain and crypto provides that person an opportunity to escape you know, a, 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 a bad economic situation or a bad currency uh, situation that they find themselves in. So it, yeah, it, bad, a bad economy, yeah. You know, so it, 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 I, I don't really like crypto as exchange platforms. I like crypto as utility, either uh, exchange for physical asset or mm -hmm. uh, as an exchange between the community. So let's like, say so you have your own community and these are your people 
you want to have your own exchange together, no strangers is a good use case for you and your community, right? So yeah. any decentralized community that you want to build outside the mainstream, uh, crypto and blockchain has huge, immense benefits um, um, uh, for them. Now, regards to the exchanges, like what's going on with uh, FTX and other projects, there are always going to be a lot of bad players in every industry. So a few bad players has given the crypto a very bad rap. But when it comes to blockchain or Web3, it's a totally different world, and crypto is just one part of it, right? That has a bad name. So we don't necessarily have to play in crypto, but it provides a lot of value if you were build a decentralized community between you and your sure. peers. Right, and the tokens are play a part in that. Exactly. So, Kofi, what's next? Um, what's what's on your plate? What what do you have to do next to make this company a success? So, we're currently doing a, a pre-seed right right now, and the next step will be after we raise that, we want to tap into the network of uh, music business professionals that we've built in over forty countries. Uh, we've been having meetings throughout the whole of last year and the close of last year. And we are going to be doing our artists and managing incubator programs coupled with a, a few PR and uh, music events um, to be able to galvanize a lot of interest among industry practitioners and uh, professional organizations. A uh, few labels are uh, go-to-market partners, which includes Spotify, Vivo, uh, TikTok. And um, Spotify actually launched a new feature that we're going to test on our platform, which is going to allow artists increase their, um, 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 how many fans actually see their music on Spotify. So we have a lot of um, different go-to-market strategies in place once we uh, finalize our seed round and we'll be able to tap into a network in 40 countries that we'll build um, um, over time. Well, um, I want to thank everyone for listening to The Accelerator today. We're a podcast um, and uh, we've done over 50 of them now. Uh, dedicated to the startup community, entrepreneurs, founders, VCs, angels, and uh, family offices, investment firms, and the like. Um, uh, Kofi knows that uh, I'm uh, uh, excited about his company, and I think it's great to see somebody in this space where so much historical exploitation has occurred of the artists. And if there's a way to put more money in the pocket of artists, I think we all should be in favor of that. <laughs> I think that would be a great thing. And in, the, in you know along the way, if you can make some money too, so much the better. So um, really appreciate your being with us. Thank you for and, um, wish you the best of luck. And want to remind everybody to um, check us out on all the major podcast platforms. Rate us. Make sure to subscribe. Let us know what you think. We're on YouTube as well. Um, and. Um, Remember that we'll be back with more on the accelerator before you know it. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye.